Trek Companion. This is episode 338. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing Star Trek Lower Decks fourth season episodes in Pathological Fallacies and Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. Pathological Fallacies, Season 4, Episode 5, original release date, September 28, 2023. Written by Jamie Loftus, directed by Megan Lloyd. Guest cast include Gideon Adlon as Halbold, Rachel Drash as Dolores, Janelle James as Catrot, Wendy Malik as Kathew, Jessica McKenna as Barnes, Gabriel Ruiz as Castro and Talin, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, Carl Tart as Kayshawn, and Paul F. Tompkins as McLemo. <laughs> The Cerritos escorts three boisterous Betazoid diplomats. Tillin finds their behavior and her time on the ship distasteful and drafts a message requesting to allow to be returned to her former ship. Meanwhile, the Cerritos crew begin behaving in an unhinged manner, and Freeman suspects the Betazoids have Zente fever, a telepathic disease that affects others' emotions. The USS Cerritos is providing transport to three Betazoid diplomats. These glorified socialites just spent three weeks attending parties on Angel One and now intend to, quote, keep the good times rolling as we escort them to Risa. Despite the crew's enthusiasm, I find the Betazoid's exuberance disruptive. Oh, I love your Starfleet carpeting. It's perfect to pass out on. <laughs> it's an honor escorting you to Risa. <laughs> Thank you, Captain. But I can sense that you feel babysitting us isn't your favorite mission. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm proud to... Shuttle a bunch of sexy drugs around. Katrat's <laughs> <laughs> just giving you a hard time. <laughs> we appreciate the lift. All right, Steve, kick us off on empathological fallacies. This, this one's interesting because it's almost... Um, I enjoyed it, but it is kind of... Uh, uh, almost like a programmed, like if you put all the stuff in the Trek mixer and spit out an episode that uses a lot of different elements of things we've seen before, there's a, there's a little bit of that. I mean, I struck, was struck by that when it starts with Talin, um, you know, writing a letter to, uh, to someone else. And that's, that's the narration throughout the episode. We've seen that, you know, we have the, um, the, the species of uh, aliens on a ship, you think they're responsible for something and it turns out it's a different species responsible for whatever's going on, right? You have the, the fun banter, the, uh, the uh, party types and how to counter that. And it turns out there, that's, there's a, there's some other, uh, there's something else be uh, below what the, uh, the party stuff is. It's some malicious activity or whatever, you know, but I did think it was entertaining um, how they threw all that together. Um, and, uh, the um I, I i thought you know we saw boimler with him uh quizzing himself on people's names I thought that part was really funny um and then of course leading into what's sort of the b story and him with the security team and how he's uh how he he believes that what they're doing is actually uh part of his training but there's something else there so i i think we'll get that we'll get to it but i think there is there is a connection between all these things which i think is very of the time we're in in terms of um managing emotions to an extent and and i think that's what's consistently going on throughout this but uh overall i enjoyed it and it was, it was funny and they do what they do so one of the betazoids i don't know the actress's name but i recognize her voice she's the principal on abbott elementary you guys watch that show Oh, that show's great. It's really, it's really funny, that show. Anyway, um, Adam, what are your first thoughts here? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Steve. There's not, um, yeah, there's a bunch of recycled stuff in here. 
it works because they they do such a great job putting together in their own unique way. I did kind of like that this episode worked, even though it wasn't really about any of our principal characters. I mean, if I was if I look at this episode, it's it's kind of more about Talyn, and it kind of reminded me if you go back to the Next Gen days or you know when you had a there would be like maybe there was like what one or two O'Brien centric episodes. So kind of like these secondary characters and normally it doesn't work, but I think, I think they've, we've seen Talyn enough and they've had her in the, in the, in the series long enough that she kind of feels like the O'Brien S kind of character, the kind of background occasionally jumps into the the center of attention. So I enjoyed that because I thought it worked um, for, for this character. Yeah. You do have the Boimler, um, stuff with security, him learning to, you know, relax and and learning to, you know, kind of get out of his head. And and I think what Steve's connection might be is um, as well with Talyn, the, where, that's where I see the two stories relating there is um, with her as well as getting out of, uh, you know, not because she was kicked out of, um, she was kicked out of the Vulcan, off her Vulcan ship because she was too emotional. And um, she goes here. And she, you know, she feels like she's in a chaotic scene. But by the end of the episode, you know, Marin her makes her realize, like, you know, this is who you are. I mean, you are emotional. You know, you save these people's lives and they kicked you off the ship. She's like, what the hell is that about? So um, she kind of makes Talyn see her strength. And you see that that similarly with um, Boimler with I'm um, going through security, you know, you know, they're trying to build him up and trying to make him be a man you could be a man and you could be tough and you can be security but you can also do these other things that you know help you emotionally or mentally i think this is this episode is a little i don't know when i when i think about it it seems to work better than it does it i don't want to knock it it's still very good it's this is a great show but it feels slightly more um like the different elements are slightly more disparate in this particular episode than usual for me yeah, so I guess it quite it takes a while to kind of lock into place um, in a way that their other episodes usually don't. Well, it's kind of weird because the it feels like the driver of this episode is you know the humor with the bedazoids, you know what's going on with Freeman, the crew's going crazy, and you know it's like a, a drunken party. So that to me that kind of comedy it's it's strange, but it works. I don't know, you know, I can't explain it, but it works in this episode that that comedy drives these two other series, you know, underlying stories that are going on with Helen and um, Boimler. Yeah, but maybe that's some of it too. It's like Freeman is not one a lower decker. She's not a main star of the show. I like her, but that stuff with her and the Betazoids are that's all just the four of them, really. You yeah, know? it's humorous and it's more humorous yeah. than anything. Yeah, I think I think. Uh... It's one of these situations whereby the show, since it does so well all the time, they have the right to do something a little different, you know, and they kind of get away with that, you know, in, in some ways. And I think maybe in this case, we also have this kind of Talin focused episode along along with the, the Betazoids and the captain and all this kind of business and why it why it at least gets by is number one you have a b story that does deal with one of the main characters and you also have an emotional tie between those stories in some respect, you know, but I, I do think it's a, a bit of a lesson to show how much harder it is to get the episode across and to make it palatable and unified when you don't, you know, focus on on a main character. And I, I do really like Talyn. I think she's great. But yeah, case in point, uh, that episode, which was 90% peanut hammer hamper on that bird planet, out of context, it was fine and funny, but it always feels when you're watching it, it's like... I want to see. The, <laughs> I want to get I want back to, to the, the ship. Yeah, 
but that's an extreme other example that <laughs> and the doctor's hilarious in this because you know her species used to eat betazoids. oh yeah <laughs> the patients used to eat the betazoids I, that 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 joke was funny but it was also the kind of thing I, it made me think of that's the kind of line that that gag is something that this show is it's so nuts yeah, get away uh, with that. All this show can come up with, and this is a kind of example of how great this show is. And never in a million years would I <laughs> think of that gag, right? That's it's it's funny, right? Right. I mean, only probably us and our with our history and our frame of mind actually pondered it. It's like, hmm, that's an interesting new point of piece of canon there they established. You know, it's like, how did this be? Were they in adjacent systems and all this stuff? They just hunted them, and you know. <laughs> And how, and how the Betazoids were all just so relaxed about it. Yeah, they used to eat us. <laughs> well, in that same thing, I was like, this doesn't feel right the, canonically that um, they have to go through the Romulan neutral the, the neutral neutral zone to get to Beta Z. Uh, that, right. that, that's, that, that's, that's not logical. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that doesn't make sense. That, I'm, in my brain, I'm just immediately like, well, it must be they must be in a weird spot, right? That's the only way because Beta Z isn't like that remote or something. You wouldn't have to go through across to the neutral zone to get there from Earth or something. So they must just be in a, like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to justify all that in my head. <laughs> Maybe like the federations composed of kind of like congressional districts in these uh, gerrymandered <laughs> states, you know, where they're all cattywampus well, and drawn weird. It was interesting to hear that the Betazoid, they have their, like their own kind of CIA or, you know, Section 32. Yeah, you know, kind of gives Betazoid you a little... intelligence agency, B, the BIA or something. Yeah. yeah that's funny. And they rip their dresses off, you know, and all the silliness <laughs> and they have their weapons that are absurd yeah. and such. <laughs> The line that made me laugh out loud in this one was right near the end when Mariner hugs Talyn, and then Tendi goes in to hug Talyn, and Talyn says, puts up her hand, and she's like, I allowed a single embrace. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get carried away. <laughs> what is this episode about? Well, I think the themes that kind of run through this episode are things aren't as they appear. You know, you see that with Boimler and, you know, his excursions with security. With Talen, you know, actually, you know, everybody thinks it's the Betazoids, but it's actually Talen that's going through something that's causing all these emotional outpourings. And then when you get to Talen, you know, she realizes her being on the Cerritos is actually growth for her instead of going back to, you know, to, to the Vulcans. So, you know, it she she opened her eyes to what where she was and, and how rewarding it was for her to be where she was. So it wasn't what she thought it was. Yeah, I think it's it's both primary stories are dealing with like the finding emotional balance as what and part of that is this whole notion of finding your people, as they say, right? This idea of the journey to find your where do you fit in your comfort zone? And most most individuals, you know, we we go through a number of people through our lives and feel like we don't belong and have trouble finding that. And sooner or later, you find you find those that you can you can, you know, be, you know, be yourself with, you know, and be real with, you know. To add on to that is like acceptance. I mean, I think Talyn, yeah. I mean, Mariner made, Mariner made Talyn realize that her former crew, they didn't accept her. They threw her off the ship when she saved their lives. And she's here and Mariner's like, we accept you as you are. And, um, you know, the, with Boimler as well, you know, the security people, you know, we accept you as you are. And, you know, and it's just, it's about... Find, yeah, exactly what Steve said, finding your people and finding that acceptance amongst them. Let's do six degrees or empathological fallacies. 
Just trivia today. No actual six degrees questions. But uh, Steve, the three Betazoids are being transported from the planet Angel One. This was featured in what season one episode of Next Gen? Angel One? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Trick question that apparently, of course, wasn't so tricky for Master Steven. Mm. All right, Steve has one. Moving on. Garth Ferengi's Heart Place, Season 4, Episode 6. Original release date, October 5th, 2023. Directed by Brandon Williams, written by Colin Crawford. Guest cast include Max Grenenchik as Rom, Chase Masterson as Lita, Eric Boza as Dar, Jem, and Jeff, Dave Foley as Parth, Tom Kenny as Quimp, and Paul F. Tompkins as McLemo. <laughs> Captain Freeman is tasked with aiding a Starfleet Admiral with formalizing the agreement to approve the Ferengi joining the Federation, but is ignored when she senses that Grand Nagus Rom and First Cleric Lita are conning them. Meanwhile, Ransom assigns Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford travel guide duty, allowing them to enjoy the pleasures of Ferenginar, where they each have aggression, laziness, and awkward experiences. Lieutenant Junior Grades. Lieutenant Junior's grade? Lieutenant's Junior Grade? Whatever. You four just pulled the most coveted job at Starfleet. Balancing the positron compression chamber? No. Travel guide duty! I thought that was a myth. What's travel guide duty? Starfleet has travel guides for all habitable planets. The file for Ferenginar hasn't been updated in years, so... Starfleet's gonna foot the bill for us to go to as many bars, restaurants, bars, hotels, pubs, bars, saloons, cantinas, and bars as we want. Also museums, historical sites, but basically, yeah, it's mostly bars. Oh, how many places do people usually review? I don't know, four or five? Great! I'm gonna do 40. I'll pack my schedule so full that I do everything and enjoy nothing. It's not a contest, Lieutenant. You can take your... I'm only a Lieutenant Junior Grade. I have everything to prove. (gasps) I need to make an itinerary! (laughs) Adam, get us going. So, yeah, you know, we get a nice um, DS9 flashback here with with Rom and Lita, you know, and both played by the original voices, so it's a lot of fun seeing them come in and um, him being the Grand Nagus and them... (laughs) You know, trying to try to work out a deal with the Federation. It is kind of interesting, you know, the, all throughout DS9, you know, for most of it, you know, Rom was thought of, you know, the idiot brother, you know, the Koopa. I mean, obviously, he was a very talented engineer, and that, that came along later on in the show, especially when him and O'Brien were working. But, yeah, it's still – maybe it's because I haven't watched DS9, and, God, it's almost been a decade since we've done that. Um, but I'm like, you know, I kind of still have the, the vision of Rom just kind of being the goofy, you know, halfway brother. And then, you know, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he went through all this stuff and his character development, and now he's the, the Greg Nagus. So it was a lot of fun seeing that back and forth. Obviously, Freeman has catched on to their, you know, trying to con this um, admiral who knows nothing. So it's a funny bit. It's it's fun back and forth with that. And then, obviously, on the planet, you know, we have Tindy and Rutherford. You know, there's always been this, there's this chemistry between them. They've never really hit on it are they kind of like best friends are they kind of like brothers and sisters or 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 is there something romantic going on and so they kind of throw this in their face you know having them you know pretend to be married on Frankenar and they're obviously having a lot of fun with it until you know they find out oh they got to do all these these things that the Frankie require and it, it starts to weird them out I don't think it you know, and I, I still don't think it answers any questions about what kind of relationship they will have have moving forward. I could, I could still see them being romantically connected somewhere down the line. They might do that, you know, towards the towards the end, or they could just end up being fr- best friends. And I kind of like that ambiguity um, with their relationship. And I'm glad that they didn't, you know, you know, 
resolve that here because it leaves us the audience guessing at it and um obviously you know we still have you know we kind of have the same issues with mariner she's still upset about you know responsibility and she kind of goes through all that with her friend on Frangenar. and then obviously we get to see boimler watch a lot of bad soap opera Ferengi tv so i thought the episode was fun uh, you know it it was fun and had things to say and yeah i enjoyed it yeah i really love mariner there there are moments in this one where i was conscious of I remember saying this last time too, but there were moments where I was really conscious of kind of the animation, the way they animate her face, and it's just, it's, uh, it's effective. It's it's funny, like the the scene sequence where she's in the bar drinking with her friend, drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah, this is this was a, a fun one. Uh, Steve, your first thoughts? Uh, one thing I, I thought about a lot in this episode was um, how well they. The, the whole the whole thing this this series does is they kind of deconstruct the the elements of Star Trek in some fashion. Like for example, you know, like the, at some point there's that line in the middle of the, of the show about Frankie, like uh, you you guys sure keep it on brand or something like that. It's because this this show has this series has the leeway to take things apart and let us wonder, like, okay, well, what would Frankie watch on television? What would that look like? What do advertisements look like? You know, just because you, you have the time and and you have the absurdity of the whole thing or this uh, the psychiatrist guy on the ship and this bird man what would a bird man eat what kind of crazy comments would he make about what it's this kind of stuff it's like it just takes all apart all these things that normally you can't you can't get away with because you can't be that absurd and silly in a in a, in a show and so i think i think there's some kind of truth in it. They're not naming a, a, an alcoholic beverage in one of the other shows, Dagger of the Mind. <laughs> right, right. This self-referential yeah. stuff, you know, and not to mention it goes it goes nine to nothing all the time. So you can have time to dump in all these references, even though it's only 20 some minutes each episode. So um, I think this this episode is uh, very good about that. And and all that stuff is happening. And that's not even talking about the the the, the Tindy Rutherford parts of the whole thing, really, you know, and, and but it is connected because you have the, the fringy stuff and you have the what the, what they're doing. And, and again, that's what that's what they're, they're so clever about. Like they you, know, you recognize that these two, the, the primary A and B stories here may not have a line through it, like an emotional line so much as we did in our first episode we talked about. But because you have commonalities in in characters or the species of the characters or certain things they're dealing with, it keeps it all um it, it keeps it all tight you know and so it feels like you're not just watching two disparate things bouncing back and forth it, it makes sense together you know and and uh so yeah it's, it's just it's just fantastic like it always is and and of course it, it these these we get some character insights and and i i, I too like the tindy rutherford stuff and i like how it's uh, a little ambiguous up in the air. There's something there, but what is it? And that's fun. And as long as you didn't do that every episode, you know, I'm cool with him, you know, doing that kind of thing, you know? I mean, I, I guess you could say like maybe the line that goes through all three stories is like all the characters are learning about themselves through Ferengi experiences. Yeah. Even, even Freeman, you know, negotiating mm -hmm. with Rom on the, on the ship. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, they're each, yeah, growing through an experience in Fringy mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what's unique about it that kind of puts it, puts them all together. It's like, like you said, it's not a straight line, but it's ambiguous in a way. Right, right. Uh, yeah, a line that made me laugh out loud in this one was, was during that sequence with, with Tendy and Rutherford. And he says, 
And the chairs can tell if you're lying, so be sincere. <laughs> the chairs can tell if you're lying. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is stupid. Uh, I thought it would have, you know, when they had to consummate it, consummate their marriage there. Oh, no, like, now we can see, so we can hear. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The other bit that got me, I remember this the first time I saw this episode, uh, was when he's like, they put commercials in the shows? It's like mind control. And then, you know, the, the Paramount Mountain behind him. <laughs> I think it even flickers a little bit when he says Probably. that or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I, I try to imagine, like, in the script. I mean, it must say that, right? In the script, it's like, as he says this line, you see Paramount behind his shoulder. They could have made some money off that and got, like, um, you know, Coca-Cola or, you know, <laughs> some <laughs> some real real product from today back there. I almost asked about it, but in the last episode, there was a moment in, was Tillin in her quarters, maybe? Yeah, I guess. But yeah, she's in her quarters, and you see like a painting on the back wall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I made was, for that in my notes actually. Yeah. yeah, it was actually from the director's the, the, the old yes. DVD version of the director's edition. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, very specific. Yeah. That's what's great about this show. I mean, you could go back and watch it over and over again and see something new that you missed, mm-hmm. hear a line that you missed. Yeah, it's or, very you dense. Know, like you, yeah. Uh, something like you said, something in the background. I to be honest, I didn't I didn't notice the paramount mountain in the background and of course i love the uh, quarks federation experience how they put it in a <laughs> oh, thing totally. that whole experience yeah it's nice the first time i watched these episodes i was watching them with my fiance and she's a big fan of this show this show is the reason that she's watching other star treks with me you know so it's great cool but that that moment i just had to pause it and say <laughs> this, this is a specific reference to star trek the experience that wonderful mecca that uh used to be in Vegas that I've talked to her about many times, but that <laughs> even like the kind of the font they had on that, on the sign, you know, from that big open area when you first get there. It'd be an interesting exercise. I haven't done that. Like watch this and then say, at any point in time I can pause and explain everything I'm catching here. And then you like three hours later, you finish the episode. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. There's so many, that, that was the rare time that I did that, but there are lots of things that I'm like, you know, like dagger the mind. That's a, that's a funny joke, but. I know she doesn't get that, even though I actually I remember playing her that episode of the original series, but I'm sure she didn't catch so, that. So I know, this is, I know this is a little off topic. So what? Why did were they? Was it not profitable? The Star Trek experience out there, or just their contract? Oh, we, right we now? talked about that before, but it was a ten year contract, and you know Hilton decided that they they thought they could they could do even better, so they just didn't renew the contract, and then the experience closed. And it was empty for a long time because they couldn't get anybody to take it. And, you know, by all accounts, they lost money. They had less people going there and it was a massive mistake for them to ditch it. So, I mean, I was in the Luxor this last week for the Super Bowl. That's why we're late guys out there. If you're wondering, it's my fault. But yeah, I mean, they had this whole Titanic experience in there. Like, come in and see artifacts from the Titanic. And I'm like, I never saw a line. Oh, well, yeah, that's been there for Um, Decades. It used to be across. The, it just moves around from one one hotel casino okay. to another. But that that Titanic experience it actually used to be across the street. <laughs> We've talked. This doesn't have anything to do with, with lower decks. But I wish we had that thing that we could go to. Because if you're a Star Wars fan, you know, you've got a couple of different. You've got Mecca. Disney. Disney. Yeah. On both you sides know. of the country, you can see it. Both in sides Florida of the country. Yeah. Everybody's got something. I don't know. Studio Ghibli, they've that 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 park they've got in Japan now. I've seen pictures. Looks awesome. You know, everybody's got something. Even if it was meant going around far around the way, I'd do it. But 
we've never really seen television in the Star Trek universe like this before, have we? I feel like we have not. Well, except for uh, Voyager comes to mind with the flashbacks, Paris being into television. And he had the television in his room and all of that. Right. Oh, but even then, it was like a nostalgia yeah, date, retro. Date yeah, not, yeah, not current yeah. TV. Yeah. Right, current TV. I mean, yeah. Enterprise. They watch. They had movie night. Mm -hmm. um, we only ever saw them watch very old movies, mm -hmm. but it was still movies and not like TV shows. Sure. So it's always been kind of a thing that there is no there is no Star Trek in Star Trek. But more than that, there's not even really TV in Star Trek now. So this is the first time we've seen it, but it's still like on Franginar, not anywhere else. We know they have hollow novels, of course, but um, what is this episode about? Well, I think I touched on it a second ago. I mean, all these characters learn things about themselves through a different culture's experience. And I think it's kind of about, and each one of them is different, you know, you know, broadening your, your, your horizons, you kind of learn different things. So Boimler, it's kind of weird because Boimler went down there and he was going to go explore everything and everywhere, but he kind of, he sat in front of the TV and watched what, you know, what they're entertained. So he, he learned something about himself through their entertainment so he could just kind of decompress and relax. You know, he's kind of had this problem for the last couple of episodes, just being very high strung. Um, obviously Rutherford and Tendi, that's still ambiguous, but they, that what we did, what they did learn is that, there's an awkwardness that they had to deal with, and that was through this culture. So, I mean, like I said, I'm kind of repeating myself, but yeah, they you learn you learn through experience, and you can learn through different. You can learn a lot about yourself even through different cultures. Right, I agree. I agree. I think it's I think it's like it's like um, learning about oneself um, by being in essentially fish out of water situations or um, just being part of or learning about other cultures and what that can tell you about your own views, your biases, your, you know, preconceptions and so on, and therefore learn something about yourself and the potential to expand, to broaden your horizons, expand yourself. I like this idea of the travel log or what are they, what are those, is that what mm -hmm. they called it? I'd love to get one of those for every, every place that Federation is made. Yeah, that'd be, cool. that'd be sweet. I need to make those. There should, be, there should be a book. Somebody needs to get on that. All right. Uh, six degrees for Arthur Ferengi's Hard Place. Adam. Yes. Rom loves baseball. Name the DS9 episode where he showed his amazing baseball skills. I know the episode. I can't think of the title. Playing the Vulcans. Go ahead, Steve. I even have a hat. The Niners hat. Yeah, I'm trying to recall the title too. It's been a while since I've thought about it. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to mind. I thought you were giving a hint about Vulcans, but does, does it take me out to the take me out to the Hollow Suite? That's it. Yeah, okay, Yay. there we go. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, it was fun hearing them. You know, return for the voices. And mm -hmm. I, I love that it's just a gift. Like, of, of course, like if they couldn't get them to do the voices, I wouldn't want the characters. In yeah, the show, what's the right? point? No, we, no one wants that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun. All right. So Steve takes it for the day. So folks, we we are posting this a week late uh, because Adam was um, out of town last week. So sorry about that. But it actually is probably good because we're already going to be spinning our wheels. I'm not sure. We'll probably be. I don't know, three weeks shy of, you know, because the next thing we're going to discuss after we finish uh, Lower Deck Season 4 is the next season of Discovery. 
which is probably going to air a couple of weeks after we would should be talking <laughs> recording an episode so we're probably going to end up you know skipping a week or two near the end of uh march anyway but yeah so thank you very much for spending half an hour with us you can follow us on twitter at trek companion our email is trekcompanion at gmail.com and uh until next time take it easy bye guys see ya Stefan, I passed it.